That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show right here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. What a win. The Jazz beat the Clips tonight, 120-107, to and they moved to 20-12 and on the season. Uh, this was only the third loss at home for the Clippers all year long, Tim. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. We'll get you some sound uh, from Quinn Snyder as well as the locker room coming up here shortly. Uh, but let's get to your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company, Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Uh, the Jazz shot 52.3% from the field tonight, 17 of 35 from three, 48.6% there, led by Donovan Mitchell at 30 points, nine assists, and seven rebounds. Six Jazz players were in double figures tonight, led by Donovan, obviously. Jordan Clarkson had 19 coming off the bench. Bogdanovich with 17. Joe Ingles with 15, as well as eight assists. 12 for Rudy tonight, 11 for Royce O'Neal. And uh, Tim, let's talk about Jordan Clarkson in here for a minute. He was terrific and uh, he might just be what the doctor ordered for this Jazz team in the bench. No, he's he's when you when you look at where the Jazz were um, and the 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 struggles they had to just run offense with the second unit and then um, you know have a guy out there that kind of takes command and is able to to play in late shot clocks. Um, I was really impressed with the way he started the game. He came in and he went to the rim three straight times and made tough buckets. Um, and I think that that set the tone for his game. But, again, we talked about in the pregame, his, his experience being a guy who has brought energy off the bench, who understands that role, um, is really paying dividends early. And I, I would dare say he probably doesn't even know the playbook uh, a quarter of the way through yet. You know, you uh, we were sitting here watching the game and you were talking about how you'd like to see Clarkson uh, with the starting unit. And how Coach Snyder's been working the rotations lately is he'll have Donovan Mitchell start the fourth quarter with a uh, predominantly bench unit, and then he'll start to bring guys back in in the fourth. And tonight when Rudy came in, Donovan went out and he'll sit that middle part of the fourth quarter and then they'll bring him back. That's where we saw Jordan play with the majority of starters and it was a terrific unit and then Donovan comes back and they go on a 17-5 to run and put the game away. I mean, it, it worked perfectly. And that's where the gaps were. Right? That was where the issue was and really to I said it early. I'll probably say it too much, but the the awareness that, hey, whatever we've got aligned right now with our our organization with our roster we it's not working we have to make a move um timely move that's uh you know this paid off early and Clarkson just he, he's going to get more comfortable but it, like uh he came into the game he's not afraid to shoot he's not afraid to make a play and you like that and he played some good defense played at times. Some good D. Yeah. And he guarded Kawhi, made Kawhi back him down. And Dave talked about they, they had a double on and off. They took it off. Um, I think they had it on, and he kicked out, and Shamit hit a three. So they took the double off. And then he started to just kind of play ISO back down ball against Clark, Clarkson. And he made a couple of two or three footers, but they were twos. They were contested. 
and they didn't give up a three. Kawhi Leonard only had 19 points tonight, 6 of 24 shooting, and Paul George had 20 points tonight on 6 of 20 shooting. If those two go a combined 12 of 44, you're probably doing something right on defense. Yeah, they did. Their attention to detail, um, like Ron said, their attention to detail and shoot around, and then the way it translated, uh, it speaks a lot of, to the, this team and, and their the way they're engaged, but also the way they're being prepared. All right, let's throw things back to L.A., where Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. About the way you guys played tonight. Well, I thought, you know, we have so much respect for that team and myself personally for Doc. Um, and they're, I thought the first quarter especially, they really hurt us on the offensive glass. So... For us to be able to respond, we had some good things happen to us. I thought Donovan's threes at the end of the second quarter gave us a lift. But, you know, before that, in the second quarter, we were we were doing a better job rebounding. And, you know, when you're taking the ball out of the net um, on second chance points, it makes your offense, it makes it a lot harder. So I thought we got better as the game went on. And, Obviously, defended collectively, we defended well. Donovan mentions that you know he relies on his teammates so much, but when you talk about the three ball falling there and him getting going in that third quarter and fourth quarter, what do you see there? Well, he picked his spots, and, and I think that what he said is true. I mean, that's what he's that's what he's thinking out there. And you know, he had one play, he, he got in the paint, and he'd been finishing. And, he missed Royce in the corner, and he, he told him at timeout. You know, so I think his awareness of his teammates, um, coupled with his ability to attack, um, he's finding a good balance. What does that mean for you guys going forward? That Donovan is starting to make the reads that you you've been trying to him kind of. He's been making them for a while, Tony. I just think he's. It's, it's not just him. It's it's everybody. You know. And, you know, going forward, we're the same team we were a day ago. And, you know, it's a good win for us, but um, you know, by no means are we we need to keep getting better. And I think that's why we're playing a little better because we've been really kind of honest with ourselves about the things we need to do to win. And tonight it was rebound on the ball, and we were able to do that. You know, after the first quarter and beyond. Jordan Clarkson also was doing a lot of things well in just his second game. But what about his defense and being able to stay in front of the guys tonight? He, he competes. I mean, I, I think. You know, anytime you've got, you know, a NBA special talent, which for him, he's able to score the ball, um, you can get focused on that. And I think he's got a lot of pride as a basketball player. He knows, you know, defense is important to us. Um, and he's, you know, it's not like he's questioning any of that. I mean, he's trying to guard and, um, you know, guys respect that. And, uh, you know, who he is as a player, I just, he plays with a lot of, a lot of passion. And he's just he dialed in in timeouts. And to be this new to the group and be as focused as he is on helping us win, um, he's not out there thinking about, you know, I've got to score. Um, that's something that comes to him. He's thinking about winning. They don't, they don't hit any shots in the last four minutes of the game. What did you like about your defense late? Well, I thought we defended well. Um, at the same time, you know, they're – they're capable of we were fortunate a couple times i don't think we gave them anything easy that's why i mentioned the offensive boards um and we took care of the ball so um, if you do those two things you get a chance to to play defense and you know like i said there's 
there's shots that um, a few of them you just, you just you're gonna get a little luck doesn't hurt and some of them they go in you tip your hat and, and uh, but we tried to control the things we did. The fourth quarter was really anybody's game at that point. What did your team do so well? Allowed you to pull away for escape with a nice. Week? Um, you know, I, I think I like I said. I, I think we didn't give them extra possessions as much as anything. Um, you know, we were connected on the defensive end. Talking about letting other teams creep in in that fourth quarter, not putting your like foot on the throat completely. Are you going to be able to look back at this game and take away like that's how we're supposed to play it? I think anytime you you, you kind of close and, and and play that way, it's something to build on. You know, I know the last time we played here. You know, we, we did the exact opposite. So there's two bookends. Both those teams are us. You know, that, that was who we were that night. And we were a different team tonight. And the challenge is to be consistent. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder right there after his team came away with a big win over the Clippers, 120-107. to What do you think about what coach had to say, Tim? No, he's, he's got a great pulse on, on the team. Um, brought up the rebounding. That was a huge issue going into the game. And then for it to kind of jump out as, as predominant as it did in the first quarter. Um, I don't know that the Jazz rebounded that poorly all year after it not being too big of an issue. Um, but the way that they addressed it and corrected it, um, really was the the factor because the Clippers were staying in the game, extending the lead with second chance points, uh, and then when the Jazz took that away and still continued to guard and score, that that really kind of flipped the game. I thought it was pretty interesting what he had to say about Jordan Clarkson being so dialed in and and how he's so committed to winning. Of course, he can score, but it's it's about more than that. And talk to and we heard uh, Clarkson say during the walk off how how much he pulls a coach aside when they go to the 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 anyway. Just the commitment level there, I thought uh, that was notable from Coach Schneider. It's a big deal to be you know in his situation where he's been in the league. You know the newness of that is is gone. He's been on awful teams and he's been on on okay teams but this is a a really unique experience for him and uh, and right now through two games with a you know short period of time here in Utah but uh, having it be this important to him it, it says a lot about him as a person. All right, let's get to Tim Lacombe's favorite feature of the night, the points in the paint, brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Uh, tonight was not the 60 points in the paint that we saw the other night against Portland, but they did outscore the Clips in the paint 46-40, to 40, and i got to imagine a lot of that was Donovan Mitchell getting into that paint and making some things happen, particularly in the second half. Yeah, and when the Jazz kind of gotten a little bit of a rut in the fourth quarter, and they've settled a little bit. They, they were settling for perimeter shots. They, they lowered their head. They got to the rim. They got to the foul. They got to the line. That little stretch was important in the game because if you just come down and, um, and you're not really playing with a ton of force, um, that's when the defense is at its best, and the Jazz moved it, drove it, got to the paint, um, either scored it or got fouled, and, and they went to the line – I want to say three or four times out of five possessions, and that really made a big impact on the well, game. Well, right when we were talking about that, Tim, when um, Jordan Clarkson got fouled on the three by Landry Shaman, right. where he did hit him on the wrist before before Clarkson yep. kicked out that leg, but the Jazz had only taken six free throws in the in the game up until that point. They finished the game shooting 17 free throws, so uh, I think that's a good indication that they kind of made 
thought, we're not going to settle anymore. We're going to get more stuff going to the basket. Yep, and they, they did. And so either scoring at the rim, Donovan making sensational plays, or getting to the line, um, that was kind of the factor in the Jazz being able to close that game out. All right, uh, the Jazz win. That means you win. The day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you'll receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using promo code UTAHJAZZ, all one word. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations, mobile orders only. Coming up next, we'll get you sound from the locker room. It's your Jazz game night post-game show. Want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru. Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Jazz beat the Clips tonight, 120-107 to right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, your final. The Jazz beat the Clippers tonight on the road at 120-107 for their statement win of the year. Let's take a look at your assist feature. Proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to the Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, the Jazz on the assist front. Tim, 25 assists on 45 made field goals. Donovan Mitchell had nine assists tonight. Joe Ingles with eight and uh, the ball was absolutely moving. I love the, the, the assist-to-turnover ratio, too, for the team was 25-12. to 12. Um, it, It's a byproduct of everybody under, starting to understand the system, the spacing, uh, what's expected, and you're seeing it across the board from guys like Moutier, um, Clarkson, his short time as he's been here. Um, you know, the guys understand to a man that, hey, we want to move the ball. We want to get these guys moving around. You see a lot less of the empty or bad possessions. Um, and I think guys are starting to kind of get the hang of it. Coming into tonight, Tim, the Jazz were averaging 16.2 turnovers per game, which was good enough for uh, 28th in the league. So having a 12 turnover night is huge, let alone going up against one of the best defenses, if not, in my opinion, the best defense in the league. I know that right now, or going into the game, they were at 7th in defensive rating. But, I mean, come on. And not, and having only 12 turnovers tonight, that's that's huge. That's a, that, that is an under-highlighted stat right there. Yeah, it's a great point. Um the, the the reason the Clippers are so they're so long, but they have a physical presence to them that uh, very few teams in the league you know. Uh, so there's probably a factor when you get out on the floor, uh, and just their sheer length and physicality is there's an impact that it has on you. You got to kind of get used to it after playing some of the not so great defensive teams in the league. But the way the Jazz handled it tonight, uh, again when things in the first quarter, you know, could have hung their head and, and pouted about guys not blocking out or whatever. They rallied, stayed together, and, and made it, uh, you know, very close in the second quarter, kind of short up the rebounding. But great job of sharing the ball and not turning it over. In fact, uh, the Jazz tonight out-rebounded the Clippers 47-46, to and the Clippers got 16 offensive rebounds. So that means the Jazz certainly shored things up. They got to 40. They out-rebounded on the defensive side, the Clippers 41-30. to And in fact, uh, let's use that as an excuse to get to tonight's Master of the Glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Uh, Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass 
rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. And on those rare nights when Rudy is not your master of the glass, tonight's master of the glass, Royce O'Neal. Ten rebounds tonight for Royce. Uh, he had one offensive board, so nine defensive rebounds, 11 points on four of five shooting, one assist, one steal, one block, one turnover. That's a great That is a great stat line for Royce O'Neal. Yeah, a pretty tough matchup, too, for most of the night, chasing Kawhi around. Um, but I think it goes to the point where, again, size is great, but really it's heart and effort. And if you can get guys playing with that, like Royce showed tonight, um, just do the little things and make your shots, 3 and D, and he did a great job of that. Zubats for the Clippers had uh, 12 rebounds, but he had um, seven offensive rebounds in the first half, and he finished the game with nine offensive rebounds. So nine is obviously a huge number, but considering he got he seven, seven in the first quarter, in the fr- absolutely in the first quarter, then that's that's a W right there. I mean, we looked at it; he was on track to score 48 points and pull down 28 offensive <laughs> rebounds after the first quarter. So, uh, so they slowed him down a little bit. Yeah, so you're saying we slowed him down. Made made a bit of an adjustment there on uh, on Zubats. On Zubats. Uh, and definitely missing Montrez Harrell was a thing for the Clippers, and that uh, that shouldn't go unacknowledged because the pick-and-roll combo with he and Lou Williams coming in off the bench is, is uh, awesome. But Lou, how about this? He had 16 points for the Clippers tonight. He had nine assists. When was the last time you think Lou Williams had nine assists? That's wow. pretty amazing. I, I didn't know that that was possible. Right? I didn't know he passed the ball nine times. I will tell you this, though. He's, uh, his going left, when he gets to his left hand and is able to pull up, it is money. Man, is that guy a great score? He is. But holding him to 5 of 14 tonight, you know, that's a pretty good defensive effort. In fact, uh, the Clippers as a team, Tim shot 36.8% tonight. All right, back to L.A. we go. Rudy Gobert is talking to the media. Uh, I think the b- biggest part was myself and, uh, you know, physicality. I felt like the, I wasn't locked in in the first quarter, you know, especially on the defensive rebound. And uh, I just, you know, as a team and especially myself, we just turned it around in the second half. As a team defensively, just collectively, what do you guys, what do you think about your defensive effort in that second half? Uh, I think it's definitely one of the best, especially in the fourth quarter, one of the best quarter of basketball that we play defensively. Um, they're a very talented team. They're very skilled and they're very physical, and we we're able to not foul defend them and get the rebounds so it was the three things that we wanted you know to do to win this game and we did talk about coming into this game as being a test and a challenge for you guys what does this one tell you it tells us that we can be a very good team you know it just on us to keep getting better and uh, and you know and, and defend and, and play the way we play play as a team you know when we do that we we get a chance to be pretty special you mentioned kind of being in no man's land in the first quarter. When that happens, how do you rectify that? Do you go one way or the other, or just how, you know, how do you think? Just be... There you go, Rudy Gobert. As Alema said, that was Rudy Gobert right there. And uh, Rudy tonight uh, in 36 minutes had 12 points, 8 rebounds, did have a block shot, uh, certainly was much better in the second half, Tim. Uh, he was. I, I like that he actually said, hey, I wasn't very good in the first quarter. Um, you know, called himself out. Said the, the physicality of the game was a little different uh, than he was used to, but he, he figured it out and uh, did a much better job of just being more physical, throwing himself around, uh, which is the Rudy we're used to. 
Uh, absolutely. And uh, once he did, and certainly when he came back in the fourth quarter, made a big-time impact. Your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Clippers 120-107. to want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new 2020 redesigned Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 120-107 to is your final. We'll have more straight ahead. Jazz game night pre- uh, post-game show Excuse me on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz beat the Clips tonight, 120-2107. They moved to 20-12 and 12 on the season. Uh, Tim will hopefully get some more sound from the locker room. We'll, uh, we'll keep you posted. Just being informed, actually, they're done. So we're done getting sound from the locker room today. Uh, let's get into the three-point takeover. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. From three tonight, the Jazz were awesome. 17 of 35, 48.6%. Uh, Bogdanovich was 2 of 5. Royce O'Neal was 3 of 3. Joe Ingles was 4 of 8. Donovan Mitchell was 4 of 9. Uh, gorgeous George Niang, 2 of 5 coming off the bench. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, 1 of 4 tonight. And uh, anytime you hit 17 threes, Tim, uh, you, probably things are going pretty well. Yeah, 17 for 35, I would say you go ahead and count that as a win most nights. Um, and, and it's not so much that they're, you know, the fact that they made. 17 it's the way they're getting them yep and then obviously shooting it with confidence but it's it's, there's a huge difference if you go back and watch the first few weeks of the season to now um just an understanding of the extra pass and the blender and the whole concept but 17 or 35 will get it done most nights well, the Jazz went on a 17-5 to run uh, down the stretch. And uh, the I believe I heard Andy Larson uh, ask a question about how they didn't have a bucket, and I'll go back and check this out, um, inside of four minutes left in the game, which is just amazing. But you look at Kawhi Leonard's minus 23 tonight. He, he did not play well. He had 19 points on 6 of 24 shooting. He had six assists, four boards, a couple of steals. But a lot of that minus 23 is when he came back into the game in the fourth quarter and we thought, okay, well, this is, this is Kawhi time. Well, actually, it was Donovan time. And, uh, and Kawhi it, was just there to watch. He was just there to watch, yeah. I mean, in, in all seriousness, he, the, the game spun all out of control, even though Kawhi Leonard came back and he supposedly, and he is, don't get me wrong, you know, the, the fourth quarter dominant player. Tonight, that wasn't Kawhi, it was Donovan Mitchell. And, and the, the interesting thing is November 3rd, when they played last, you know, he had that 18-point fourth quarter that kind of propelled the Clippers to the win. Um, wasn't able to come up with that tonight. But I, di- I did love the Jazz scheme on him. They made things really difficult. They were aware of where he is, did a great job of blocking him out, um, and made his, di- his points come very difficult. Kawhi had only two points in the fourth quarter. Paul George had zero. It, Paul George was one to me. He, yeah. it's, there was a huge stretch of that game where you didn't even hear his name called, um, which is interesting. It is interesting because, I mean, he's, you know. Paul George. Paul George. He's good at this basketball thing. So the Jazz are 2-1 and one against the Clippers. Um, no Paul George in two of them. 
Um, no Mike Conley in one of them. So it's just interesting. But those are those are two wins, man. That really the, later on those things pay, and they're in the they're in the right side of the in the in the column, in the W column. They don't play the Clippers again until April seventh. Wow. So it's going to be a little while before they see this team again, and that will be here. Um, in Salt Lake City, so you would hope Mike Conley would be back by then. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, who knows? He will be. It will, it'll be hamstring, yeah. you know. Right. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting. Don't in rush the, him, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it's April. Uh, we we were talking about this a little bit off the air, though. Speaking of Mike Conley, you know, if they can bring him back into the rotation and they can get him going to, yeah, you know, I'm not even talking about 20 point per game last year, Mike Conley. They don't necessarily need that from him. But if they can get him back into the lineup and, and get him playing well and functioning in this Jazz system, move Royce to the bench. I mean. It it could really fall into place for this Jazz team, and sometimes adversity there there is a real, you know, you, you go through stuff and you kind of wonder why you do, but there's always a lesson in it if you're aware of it. Uh, I think this time is, it's really difficult for Mike to be out, but for him to be able to sit and watch and just get a, a really good feel for um, how these guys are playing, he he's really smart, cerebral guy. He sees the growth of the guys, and, and it makes a big difference when he. You know, gets back, and you're able to. I would assume Royce would be the guy that they move to the bench. Um, would be my guess, but you know, depending on however it happens, it just it just lengthens your bench out. You've got more guys you can count on, and that was all a process that they had to go through because of his injury. And Locke brought up a good point because, and let me back up here for a second. I, I think what Mike needs to do is get on the floor and play with these guys. Right. I mean, that, that's ideal. I mean, he needs he needs to physically work it out. So so don't get me wrong. I, I'm not meaning to, to say that his, him sitting out is totally a good thing. But uh, there was a lot of pressure on him at the beginning of the year. And, and to your point, you know, maybe you can take a step back, just observe for a little while, take the pressure off. They just got a big win without you. So, you, you know, you can kind of ease your way back into it. It's not, it's not all or nothing on Mike Conley's shoulders, I guess. But if this team is going to get where it needs to go, he needs to be right. So maybe he can take a step back, take the pressure off, and figure out where he best fits with everything. Yeah, and he's got the benefit of, of being in practice and hearing – uh, this is this is a, a really a good time for things to kind of slow down and him to get a feel. But the most important thing is to get more guys that are contributing to help helping you win. And I think that's what we're seeing with Moutier, who's improved, with Clarkson, who's in, who's a, a great addition. George Niang is a guy he made two huge threes to kind of stem the tide in the first uh, first half. One in the corner, one on a pin down. Uh, and then Tony Bradley came in. He played 12 minutes. You know, it wasn't stellar, but it wasn't. Uh, it, it was better Tony Bradley than we saw early in the season. So I, you can see the growth for sure. Four fouls in 12 minutes tonight for Tony Bradley. Um, he did have two points and was only minus one in the in the plus minus, which is which is really really good. And I I think it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal that Ed Davis did not play tonight, and Tony Bradley took those backup big minutes. And I, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's an effort thing. I don't know if Coach Snyder just wants to change things up, but I, that does stand out. And good for Tony Bradley. Go take advantage of that opportunity. Well, and I, I love that. You know, if, if you're in a situation where, hey, no matter what happens, this is the way I'm going to play, guys. They, they got to earn their way out there. They got to earn their minutes, and uh, that's something. If you have that culture. Uh, which the Jazz do, that, that only helps your team. So the expectation's set to, to play right and play hard. And, you know, they went with the guys tonight. And Tony, Tony came in and played 12 minutes on the road against the Clippers. 
and help the Jazz win the game. You know, maybe here's an underrated thing about Jordan Clarkson. I realize we're talking a lot about him tonight, but, you know, he's I'm a, a huge, huge fan. He's we, a huge story. Uh, he played 25 minutes. If you can get 25 minutes from a from a bench guy, that's that's huge for this team because that's minutes that other guys can be getting some rest without the the ship totally going down. Before Clarkson got on this team, they they didn't have anybody like that. And even even when Joe was coming off the bench and not playing well, he he wasn't that. You know, I mean, I think that's a big deal that he was able to be out there for 25 minutes. Well, and and I would say to you. I like his, the minutes he's out there. It's not there's times where the guys are out there and you're like, okay, when are they going to put somebody in? Right. But he's the type of guy you can't help how you feel watching it, um, and he he fits he fits really well within what the Jazz are doing. Uh, really hilarious. So we don't read a ton of tweets on this show, but I got to sh- give a shout out to Jeremiah Jensen of Channel Five, who had a, a pretty hilarious tweet here. He says, three years in a row, Jay Crowder, Corver, and now Clarkson. I can't wait to see who the Nuggets draft for the Jazz in June and who the Jazz <laughs> steal from the Cavs next season. <laughs> that is awesome. Well done, Jeremiah. Yeah, that's, the genealogy of players. That's really funny. No, uh, we we were, I can't remember if we were on the air or off the air the other day, but we were talking about that, Tim, that the, the Jazz have pulled off three trades in 18 months with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they've had two general managers in that time, by the way. So it's not like a, I don't know if it's a relationship thing with Dennis Lindsay, but pretty interesting. They've been active in supplementing their bench all these years by trading with the Cavs. And, and again, it's it's this, it was, that wasn't an easy thing they did. That was a hard thing. It's hard to, to disrupt, you know, your family. And that's what this becomes. So they saw, first of all, they saw the need. And then they searched it out. They had their list. They saw the opportunity. But most importantly, they followed up and they did it. I think that speaks to what they're trying to do here um, and a major tip of the cap to the front office for seeing it going in and going after a guy that they felt comfortable with and then having to kind of pay some dividends early. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Jazz winners in Staples over the Clippers, 120 to 107. We'll get Tim's final thoughts coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, uh, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz beat the Clippers tonight, one twenty to one oh seven. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, with you, and what a night it was for the Utah Jazz. Uh, no doubt, their best win of the year, Tim. Yeah, there's no, there's no comparison. That, that was you know the game that played in Staples. Everybody's there, uh, and the Jazz just went in and took the game, and that for sure was a statement win. I can't believe they shot 52.3% against the Clippers. Put up 120 points on the Clippers. And 49 from three. And only the Clippers' third uh, third home loss. I mean, there's so many things about this game that are going to stand out as such positive signs for this basketball team. No question. And you take, even though they lost to the Heat, like that's another game where Heat were would lost one at home. The Jazz pushed them right to the end. Um, they're getting better, and I think everybody can see it. Uh, it's fun to to see the growth in the guys, and um, 
you know, and know there's still that much more they can tap into. Now, the Jazz schedule for really the next couple of weeks is is extremely weak. I mean, they're going to have more time to work on uh, what ails them. But we we talked about this quite a bit. You know, coming off that tough stretch, that Eastern road swing, the loss to the Lakers, where things looked like they were coming apart a little bit. You know, we we talked about how this easier schedule was coming at the right time for the Jazz because they were going to have some time to work on some stuff. And it hasn't necessarily been all that pretty. I thought people overreacted to that heat loss. I didn't think that that was that bad of a loss and, and the heat are pretty good. But in a lot of these games, they're letting these teams back in it and then they're finishing them off in the fourth quarter. And a lot of fans are thinking like, ooh, you know, this, this feels a little bit shaky. But then to go out and cement the progress that we've seen them making by beating the Clippers, I don't think that can be understated. This wasn't what, oh, they're playing against the Hornets. You know, this was a big time win over a big time team that just beat the Lakers on Christmas day by the way so hopefully fans can breathe a little easier because i know they've been a little cranky even though the jazz have been winning some games this is this is one of those cement that progress is being made type of wins and if you're watching every night and watching their progress you've got to be encouraged um it was uh this, this game i would imagine if you're going down just before the season and you're putting w's or l's um you know that's one that you have a hard time feeling great about putting a w on in the staples center but they did it, um, and the one thing I did learn over a long career is their numbers on a page at the end of the year, um, they don't ask you how. They just ask you how many. <laughs> That's true. And it's the truth. So the, I do believe there's some value in, again, some adversity, letting some leads slip, but figuring out how to win because figuring out how to win is the most important thing, to get your team to figure out how to win, and they, they've done that. Uh, moving to 20 and 12, Tim, taking a look at the standings, the Jazz sit at sixth and actually comfortably at sixth in the Western Conference playoff picture. They're three and a half games in front of Oklahoma City, who's sitting at seven. But they're only two games behind the Clippers and only one game in the loss column. The Clippers sitting at 23 and 11 at number five. Dallas at 21 and 10 at, uh, at number four, another half game better than the Clippers. The Rockets at 22 and 10 uh, at number three. And then Denver at 22 and nine at two. And of course, the Lakers at 25 and seven. I mean, the, the, the Jazz are only five games back of the top slot in the Western Conference. And I know at times things have felt a little bit rocky this year, but, but that's it's pretty remarkable. I mean, they're they're right there in striking distance, and uh, being only what is that, Tim? Uh, two and a half games back of second place. Right. I mean, they're right there. I mean, there's there's still everything to play for for this Jazz team, and I know people have been a, expected a little bit more, but all their goals are all well within reach. Well, and I, I've made the comment that hype and expectation are only they're just that. Um, at the end of the day, they're not reality, but the the hype and expectation that came from a great summer um, are, are the only reason that people could be somewhat disappointed, you know, thus far. Because to me, if you watch it, they're they're getting better. Uh, you look at their upcoming schedule, and you just read off the names: Detroit, you know, at home; Chicago, Orlando, New Orleans on the road; the Knicks at home; Charlotte at home. I mean, let's just stop there, but. In reality, the Jazz would probably be favored to win every one of those games. Um, so now it's just a matter of continuing to grow. 
get better and go out and take them one game at a time. Yeah. And remember last year, Tim, I mean, January was really the turning point for the Jazz when they really started turning it around and and playing really well. And that that was on Donovan Mitchell, who complete his season did a complete 180, and he was terrific at the end of last year. This year, Donovan's been awesome. I mean, that's that's not the, – the difference this year is going to be the rest of the team coming together around Donovan Mitchell. And if you can work Conley back in the lineup, the bench is on its way to being at least somewhat figured out, I think. They can kind of hit their stride going into to January. They're going to be every bit as dangerous as we thought that they were going to be if if they do the right things and if that does start to come together, which we've we've seen you know over the past three years with Quinn Snyder teams. That's kind of how it's worked. Yeah, they're going to get better. They're, they're going to continue to grow and get better because they care and they work at it and they make it a priority. Um, but I think the most important thing that's come out of maybe the last two, two and a half, three weeks is this mentality of closing games for Donovan. Um, there is no substitute for experience. The only way to really get, get a grasp on how to do something is to go do it and learn how to do it. Um, I love the way his, you know, even down the stretch, those possessions where they run some offense, they get it back in Donovan's hand in the last six minutes, and Donovan is the guy making the decision. And what's been remarkable is nine times out of ten he's making the right one you know he shot that one quick three tonight because he was heat checking a little bit and that was one of the last possessions that the jazz just kind of settled everything else was attack at the rim playing with force and that's what they have to do to win all right tim before we get some final thoughts from you let's look ahead to monday night's uh, game the detroit pistons will be in town they're coming in at 12 and 21 and considering they made the playoffs last year i was kind of thinking you know wow is this pistons team underachieving and then you you uh poke through a little bit and, and look below the surface and look at uh, the this roster that detroit has put together and it's blake griffin and no one else. And that, I'm exaggerating a little bit. And Andre Drummond, I guess, has been in the league a long time. But, I mean... When Derek Rose is actually having a decent year, I mean, to this point, I think he's he's played well. Um, Tony Snell is in the starting lineup. I know you're a big Tony Snell guy. The Mountain West Conference, dude. Yeah. Lobos, he led us up in the pit one night. We just didn't do a great job of guarding him in the zone. Can um, I a quick question that has nothing to do with the NBA? Is Pitt the hardest place to play in the Mountain West? Um, or at least the, the Mountain West when, when we were, were there? there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say the Pitt or San Diego State. Okay. All right. Curious. Because the Pitt has that big reputation. Yeah, you know, it's right. definitely great. The teams just, they just didn't have awesome teams during that whole stretch. But yeah. when Alford got in there and got it kind of rolling during that time, they yeah, they're hard to beat there for sure. You ever beat that snake guy, that lunatic? That's Snake's a, my guy, actually. Is he really? I, you know me. I make friends with everybody. You too. Uh, so I, I talk to Snake a couple times a year still. He's still alive. It's just amazing. Is he? I, I know he had a bit of a, a run-in with the Johnny Law. Law a couple of years ago. Yeah, let's leave that just, out. Just, you know, just to, you know, not to fall into the New Mexico stereotype <laughs> or anything, but I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bad break. Get it? For our boy Snake. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Bad break for Snake. Bad break. All right. Uh, Tim, let's get a couple final thoughts on, on this big-time win for the Jazz before we put it behind us. Uh, what, are, what are you taking from this one? Well, I just, I, I'm encouraged. I think the Jazz nation should be encouraged because what we're watching is, um, you know, I think you watch the guys play every night and you kind of start putting a list together of things. Man, I wish they'd get better at this and this. And one of the things we knocked early was rebounding. We talked about turnovers. We talked about, you know, can you really play and close games out? 
I, I think just one by one they're knocking those down. So I think the overall feeling that I have after tonight is one of encouragement um, and just, again, in awe of what we're witnessing from a, just a special player and a special young man in Donovan Mitchell who not only has, has taken – um, you know, control of this team on the floor, but you can kind of see his presence mm-hmm. off the floor. And it's refreshing to have a guy in this me-centered universe who's so aware of the importance of others. And I think you brought it up the other night in his post-game comments. He, I think he mentioned everybody. Yeah, he does. He right? always does that, and, yeah. And it's just there's a, there's a high level of awareness and maturity that – it has to be playing a huge impact within within the, the confines of the locker room. Donovan finished tonight with 30 points to go along with nine assists. He had a steal. Uh, terrific night. Took over down the, down the stretch. Absolute unbelievable highlight play with a dunk after shot faking Kawhi Leonard on the three-point line. Just a terrific game for Donovan tonight. Six Jazz players in double figures. Jordan Clarkson with 19 uh, coming in off the bench. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone for calling the game tonight. Terrific job from them as usual. Thanks to the broadcast assistants working uh, tonight. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to our uh, title sponsor of the postgame, Mark Miller's Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback of Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Big thanks to you, Tim. It's been fun having you two games in a row, man. Oh, this is great. This is a good way to spend uh, the week of Christmas. Uh, keep it rolling. This is really fun to watch, and uh, be back. I'll be back soon. The last two games have been fun games, like Great fun games. basketball games. Great yeah. games. It's been a blast, my friend. Thanks yeah. for coming out. Thank we you, appreciate Jake. it. All right, uh, the final tonight, Jazz beat the Clippers 120-107. to Our next broadcast, Monday night here at the arena. The Jazz will take on the Detroit Pistons. Tip-off will be at 7. Pre-game begins at 6. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network. <laughs>